Thank you, Lord. Thank you. How many of y'all never forgot what Jesus done for you? How you brought you out? That accident, that sickness, whatever it was, he did it. It wasn't you. It was Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him another hand praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Amen, amen, amen. As you everyone to stand, hallelujah. Again, let's give the choir another hand. Let's give the choirs a hand. Amen. If you're here early, you will bless. Amen. Are y'all ready for the word? You ready for the word? Well, our pastor, he don't need no introduction. He gonna bring it, amen? And we just ask the Lord to use him mightily. Now, it's not gonna be his word. It's gonna be what the Lord give him. He's just a vessel, amen? So we gonna ask the Lord to bless him while he's blessing us. So right now, I'm introduce the psalm. Elder Jerry C. Ray. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, saints. Amen, amen. I'd like to, uh, as I heard one minister say, I'd like to breathe a word of prayer and read about three verses and go forth. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you now. And Lord, as humbly as I know how, I ask that you be with me. I ask that you speak through me, and I ask that your people hear you and not me. I ask that they hear your message and not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have Bibles, I ask that you uh, read along silently with me, James. First chapter, verses uh, 22 through 25. <clears throat> 22 through 25. And I'll read it out loud, and you can just read along with me silently. Reading from the NSAB version. It says, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but a, an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. 
Jesus. Man, you may be seated. Today, I, I'm going to presume that I will leave with less friends. <laughs> I may have to make my escape out of that pastor's uh, office window there. Karen, I'll meet you right around here. <laughs> and we'll roll on to Oxford. <laughs> uh, get ready. God bless you. Dumb Christians. It is a very sad thing that so many of God's children are dumb. Yet, it is true. Parents would like, would think, rather, it a great calamity to have their children born dumb. They would mourn over it and weep, and well they ought. But did you ever think of the many dumb children God has? The churches are full of them. They never speak for Christ. They can talk about politics, art, science. They can speak well enough and fast enough about the fashions of the day, but they have no voice for the Son of God. D.L. Moody. Now, James is a book that most refer to as the New Testament book of Proverbs. The latter of James delivers a put up or be quiet message. It's not for the sensitive and all in your feelings people. It's not touchy-feely, folks. It's a put up or shh, be quiet message, right? J James' message uh, at the time was to dispersed Jewish believers that were about, and, and I believe they lived in the, they said the northern Roman region and also in northern countries that Rome actually ruled. Most believe that it's the earliest book of the New Testament that was written, and most believe that the author of this book was James the Righteous, which was the brother of Jesus. James' message is blunt, and it's pointed. And that message is, real faith 
shows in the way Christians behave. Real faith shows in the way Christians behave. I, I like it better how Tony Evans put it. He says, if you're going to be a Christian, then be a real one. If you're going to be a Christian, then be a real one. James delivers a punch right in the church's gut, and he challenges everyone. And, and, and who wants to be part of a church that you can't challenge folks to grow? I don't. Who wants to be part of a church that you can't challenge to grow? Imagine, if you will, that all of the ministers here along with me, we imagine that we go around a church and we just have a, a, a bag of pacifiers, spiritual pacifiers, and then we lift babies up your size and we try to put them on our hip and give, and man, I got Tom, I get Tom. Huh? And, and we're just giving you spiritual pacifiers because you can't grow up. Giving you bottles because you just can't grow up. You're not cutting teeth. You're not growing. You're just staying where you are. Message after message. Lesson after lesson. We still have to give pacifiers. Time out for that. If you're going to be a Christian, then be a real one. Be a real one. And James first lays out for us what, 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 what we need to be. Then he gives us two contrasting examples to see exactly where you're hidden. Are you hitting the mark or not? The first thing in verse 22, James challenges us to live your label. <laughs> if you call yourself a Christian, then live it, then be it. He says in 22, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Note that he did not say, but prove yourself, do the word. He said, prove yourselves, do errors of the word. See, that's where most of us get it wrong, that we think and we stumble because we think that it's just about do. No. It's greater than do. You need to be a do-er. And there's a great difference between a do and a doer, right? A do just punches the clock and just say, okay, I've done it. I, I should be good. I I I'm, I'm satisfied 
You're satisfied with your effort, and but not only are you satisfied with your effort, you're satisfied with yourself because now you feel that your scorecard should be okay and God should just get off your back because, you know, I've done these things. So he should leave me alone. He should allow me to go into heaven because I do. Because I do. Well, well, Romans 2 and 13 has something to say for you who do. It says, for it is not the hearers. Those are the ones that just hear and they just, they call themselves hearing and then they try to execute it real quick and then say, I'm done. Right? So it's for, it's not the hearers of the law who are just before God but the doers of the law will be justified. And Matthew really makes it plain for you in the seventh chapter, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, right? My Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy, do, in your name, and in your name cast out, do, demons, and in your name perform many, do, miracles. And then I will declare to them, never, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See, those who do, they come and they sit Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and they listen to message after message after message, and they say, okay. And then they go out and they execute just a task and say, okay, I should be good. I should be done. But a doer, it's his character. That's what he does. That's what he lives for. He, he says, Lord, I, you know, I love you because you first loved me. And I'm going to give you back my life, my, my service, my everything. I'm going to be a doer. This is going to be who I am. This, is, this shapes my life. This shapes my walk. This shapes my talk. I'm just not going to punch a deed and say, okay, good deed, done. No, I'm going to live a life for you, Lord, a life of service. An oxymoron is a Christian that don't serve. A Christian that don't serve. If you're not serving, then something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. I attend church. Check. I smiled at a brother and a sister that I don't like. Check. I help clean the church. Check. I should be good. <laughs> I should be good. I should be all right. I should be on my way. I'm heaven bound. Yeah, right. We are challenged to be doers. Doers. 
They do because they are. They are God's possession, and they know it, and they offer themselves back up to him. It shapes their very life. A, a Christian that don't serve is, is, is just as unique as a unicorn. They shouldn't exist. <laughs> they should not exist. James says, don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourselves in being a, a hearer. A hearer. A hearer, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because this word hearer is, is, is equivalent in Greek to an auditor. Hear me out. An auditor doesn't do the work. He just comes in checks. So when you have a church full of auditors, they just come on Sunday. Okay. All right. You spoke to me. All right. Okay. All right. All right. The, 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 the church is looking okay. Okay. All right. No, 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 no. They shouldn't do it that way. Okay. See y'all later. Auditors, full of auditors. Who wants to go to church with a, with a bunch of auditors? They don't do the work. They just come around and say, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the hearer. Those are the hearers. That's why James says in 23 and 24, he gives the example of the hearers. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked into or at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Look and then forget. That, that, that look there means that, you know, it's a debate there among, among theologians. Some say, no, it's a glance. Others say, no, they're looking and they're understanding. Well, here's my conclusion. If they're looking and they're understanding, then the results are a glance, as if they've glanced. They just did this and just went on. Have you ever got something down packed by just, and then you're going about your business? If I, if I told Jason or whoever is on ProPresenter today just to, just to flash, poof, real quick, the periodic table, and then I ask you all, okay, name all of them. <laughs> name them all. See, that, that's a glance. That's a glance, and that's, how, that's what people do. They come and they listen. They listen, and they understand, and they, 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 they say, okay, okay, and, and, and they just, real quick, check it out for a minute, dip their toe in it, and go on about their business, go on about their life. And, and, and my question is, when I was reading this and, and, and studying this, I, I, I asked myself, why are they in such a hurry? 
Why are folks in such a hurry that they can't come and just dwell? <laughs> they can't come and abide. Why are they in such a hurry? Is it because they have more important things? Is it because they have things to do? Is it because they have things that are up here and the things of God are down here? Is that why it's a glance? Is that why if you're going to call yourself a Christian, then be a real one has got to even be said? My Lord. See, the, the purpose of listening to truth is for you to act on it. It's for you to act on it. You're not a squirrel right before winter and you're just getting all the nuts and chestnuts and everything and just storing them up and, you, and, and you're never using them. You got to use them. You got to, you're collecting information and you're gathering knowledge for what? For what? For what? The interesting thing is this, is that, believe it or not, when you're collecting all this information and you're collecting all this knowledge, guess what, you, guess what you're doing? You're making yourself more accountable. You're making yourself more accountable. And, and, and here's, here's an interesting twist. Some of us are in, 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 in states where we're feeling defeated and we're feeling down. And we're feeling beaten. And we, we, you know, we're to a point where we can't even encourage ourselves. And, 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 and McDonald made this statement. He says, impression without expression leads to depression. <laughs> Think about it. The, the word of God has been impressed upon your mind and on your heart so you know what to do. Right. And and then all of a sudden you never express it. That leads to depression. And you feel defeated. You know, New Year's resolution. Some folks said, I ain't making them no more. I'm done. Because, see, I know what I need to do. I know that I, I got this goal in mind, and I know what I'm set out to do. And, I, and, and every time, I don't do it. It's never expressed. And you know what I feel like doing when I, when I don't meet my goal? Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. I denied myself that. Bring it here. See, that's what happens when, when impression, that truth impresses upon the heart and the mind, and you never express it. And then all of a sudden, you know that you not only let yourself down, but you, left, you let God down as well. All of a sudden, you're just depressed. Depressed. But then he goes on. He goes on to say this. 
he talks about a mirror. Now, back in his time, it wasn't glass, right? It was like just really polished up uh, uh, brass or something on that line. So you got an imperfect view of yourself. It's not like today. And, and so what he said is that you, you look into this mirror and you, and you kind of see, you see what's going on, right? You see what's going on and you see yourself. And then all of a sudden you just go. But see, a mirror is supposed to show you what needs to be taken care of. But it doesn't do it for you. It shows you that you need to comb your head. (laughs) But it doesn't take a comb and comb it for you. It shows you that you need to shave but it doesn't take a razor and then all of a sudden began to shave you. It, it, it shows you what needs to be done. The word of God shows you what needs to be done. But then he puts and places a responsibility on you to be a doer. To be a doer, listening and, 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 and just re, like listening, writing down and recording and everything else, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and not putting it into practice, something's wrong with that. The mirror ain't going to do it for you. At some point, you've got to be a, you got to be a doer. You got to be a doer. It's, it's almost like a, an out-of-sight, out-of-mind state. You know, I, I, when I'm in it and I'm listening, I'm like, hey, man, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it. It's in my sight. And then all of a sudden when I'm gone, what was that message? What did he say? You know, you know the message is gone by Monday. All of these hours that I studied and everything else. I know, I know. Monday morning, it's gone. Somebody just said Sunday night. Oh my goodness. I hope it ain't Sunday night. But it's gone. It's like, if you don't put it into practice, you guys know that. If you don't put something into practice, guess what happens? You lose it. You're supposed to put this stuff into play. Put it into practice. <laughs> I wrote down some stuff that I'm saying, man, should I? The doer. (laughs) Verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So in contrast to that hearer 
auditor that I just talked about, this person is a doer in, in the 25th verse. He, he listens and he puts what he hears into practice. And he's blessed for four reasons. One, he or she looks. And, and what that word looks mean, it, 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 look, it, it doesn't look, it, it doesn't mean like, oh, okay. It, what it does, it's like, huh, 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 but, huh. You know how they looked in that, in, in, in that tomb went to see if, if, if Jesus was gone? They didn't just say, huh, okay. No, they said, huh, you stoop down. Let me, let me see what's going on here. And, and some folks said that stooping means you're humbling yourself to the word and you're stooping out and you're peering in it and you're looking in it intently. You're looking, you're looking at it. It's not a casual glance. You're looking. And, and, and that is the second blessing, that you're looking intently, right? Meaning that you're staying a while. You're marinating in it. You're like, Lord, I love this word. Mm, 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 give me more. Mm. I've tasted and I've seen and, and you're good. Oh, my goodness. Give me more. Give me more of you. I want more of you. I delight in you. I, I delight dwelling in you. I, I delight abiding in you. I delight staying a while and talking to you, Lord. I, I, I delight just walking with you. I delight just being by myself sometime and just thinking about your goodness and all that you've done for me. And then sometimes the tears just roll down my face when I see how good you are. That takes time. That takes time. That takes time. That's not, that's, that's not a casual thing. If the hearer, if, if the doer is, a, a, is one that delights, he's a, a, just a delightful dweller, then, then the hearer is a casual casualty. That's what he is, because he just casually looks at this thing and just says, huh, okay. Okay. But, but, the, but the one who looks intently, you, you read about them in, in, in the first psalm where he says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Do y'all hear that? Dwell in the Lord. It's a dwelling. That's why he's blessed. Another reason is he or she remains there. And you know when you remain, it helps your 
remember. Right? It helps you remember. You know, it's like they say, uh, what's the mother of skill? Practice. <laughs> right? Repetition. Right? Repetition is the mother of skill. So you do it over and over and over. And I remember those times I just, when I was working in the music department, I remember hours and hours and hours on the keyboard. And, and see, before you had these, these downloads, you had uh, uh, CDs. And before that, you had cassettes. Can you imagine just keep rewinding a cassette over and over when you play by ear and you say, wait a minute, what's that note? Hours. Hours and hours I'm doing this. Wait a minute, what is it? And then I'll say, oh, oh man, the tape broke. I almost had it. And the tape broke. I got to go out and buy another one. Because see, if I put a, a, a piece of scotch tape in that area, I won't hear that chord. So I got to go buy another one. And then I'm at it again. Right? It takes hours and hours and hours to be good at it. Right? To be well-versed. Some, some of you all say, going back to the here, some of you all say, uh, all right, I want, Lord, I want to I get to know you. This week, and this is the do attitude. This week, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read. I'm going to take about three minutes, and I'm going to read a verse. Jesus wept. Okay, I've done it. And then all of a sudden you say, why am I so defeated? <laughs> why can't I connect things together? Because you just took about a minute, a second to say Jesus wept. It, it takes more than that. Don't you want to know your Savior? Don't you want to know your God? Don't you want to know more about him? Don't you want to be able to, to, to give an answer for what you believe? And he's up there saying, just spend some time with me. Just spend some time with me. You, you're spending time here, there, and everywhere else. Spend some time with me. Get to know me. Why is the conversation just one way? You're just praying all the time. And you're just praying and praying and praying. And you never let me speak. You never let me speak. You never, you never open up my word and let me speak. Why can't it be a two-way conversation that's going on? Why does it always have to be one way? Don't you know your prayers? Your prayers are better when you know the one who you're praying to better? Don't you know? When you know me better, that's when your communication with me gets better and your relationship with me gets better because when I continue to reveal myself to you, all of a sudden you just, you just say, wow. 
Lord, you're so great. You're so mighty. You're so wonderful. Wow, I didn't know that about you. See, when the conversation started, you knew everything about me. But now that you're revealing yourself to me, wow. Wow, I stand amazed. I stand amazed. The other reason why they're blessed is because they put it into practice. They put it into practice. You just don't keep it in storage. You put it into practice. Dumb Christians. Dumb Christians. The title of this message is The Blessing is in the Doing. The blessing is in the doing. And the more you do, God has this way of just blessing you more and more and more. While you're actively serving, somehow he blesses you more and more. It seems like you should be worn out and tired. But, but the thing is, is when you give him more and more, he, he's not going to let you outgive him. No. Uh-uh. He's not going to let you outgive him. You do, you, 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 you're serving because you love him. And he's saying, oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, I I, oh, man, I, I, I need to give him more. <laughs> because, see, the more he does, see, see, see that experience, and that experience she experienced in, in, in serving me, that's the experience I want her to have because, see, that experience goes a, a long way because then all of a sudden that experience will build on another experience, will build on another experience, and he, she just goes, goes from glory to glory to glory to glory until you get to glory. That's what this is about, saints. We're pilgrims <laughs> just passing through. Some of us, have, we, we, we have collected so much stuff and things and everything else. We act like we're going to have a garage sale before we go to heaven. You ain't taking nothing with you. Nothing. I'll leave you with this question. What's the end game? What's the end game? When it's all said and done, what's the end game? When it's all said and done, everything is over. What's the end game? What, what you hope to, to, have, to have achieved? Huh? What is it? Is it well done, my good and faithful servant? That's the question. And I'll park it there. Here's the question with eternal implications. What will you do with Christ? It's time to make a decision. It's time to make a decision. 
recommitment something, it's time to make it right. Get it right today. What will you do with Jesus? I pray that you will serve him. I pray that you will make him your Lord and your Savior. Your Savior and your Lord. See, some folks are stuck on Savior, but he needs to be the Lord of your life as well. Amen. And we have ministers in front that will be available to discuss with you just that. And for those who are out on Zoom, I pray that you contact us. And for those who have heard God's word today, I pray that you don't intentionally be a dumb Christian. You know the way. God bless you.